Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Drive podcast, hosted by me, mm. Chad Ozy, and my good friend, Jeff Cross. How are you doing today, Jeff? Hosted, otherwise known as two guys sitting at a table. That's right. <laughs> talking to each other about officiating in life, leadership, and legacy I through the lens it. of officiating. <laughs> yeah. Yep, uh, we are here with uh, multiple different beverages on the table. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Jeff's got the nice healthy water. I have the caffeinated carbonated to keep us going. Yeah, and uh, we'll be having a good time today. This is uh, going to be a doozy. It is. Today's going to be a good one. And uh, before we get into that, uh, let me just remind you: as you're listening today, uh, if you like what you hear, leave us a review, give us a rating uh, on uh, whatever format you listen to us on, whatever uh, platform you're listening to us on, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, all that kind of good stuff, be sure and uh, do that. It helps us out so much. And if you have questions, comments, uh, things you'd like for us to talk about, send all of those to us at UncommonDrivePodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, UncommonDrivePodcast at gmail.com. That's exactly Not right. the Uncommon. That's correct. Uncommon. Don't do that. Just stop it. No. <laughs> That's right. It'll get returned to sender. <laughs> I tell you what, you know, our uh, our episode that went up last week, Jeff, was, you know, kind of talking about the change between seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I've still got a little bit more baseball left uh, on my schedule. Uh, I've got some fall college baseball coming up that'll actually be pretty exciting. Get to see some NCAA regional teams from this last year mm, nice. in the fall, which would be kind of cool. And uh, some other things there. Still got a little bit of my independent minor league baseball left. Uh, but all that's beginning to to wind down. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a couple camps I'll be teaching at, which is always fun uh, for me. I really enjoy that environment uh, and getting to to watch other people progress in what mm-hmm. they do. Uh, for me, that's uh, that's as much fun as succeeding on the field or on the court myself. So sure. I really enjoy that side of it. Um, but yet we're also in that time when it comes to transition where you just begin preparing yourself for what's next. Uh, it was funny. I had gone several weeks without working a plate. Uh, 
for all you baseball guys, not because I was shirking the plate, uh, but <laughs> because right. I'd had a, I'd had My a week at vacation. <laughs> I'd had a week where I was just doing some fill in stuff for a crew. And so I didn't, I didn't have plates, uh, that week. And then we spent a week taking my kids down to college, mm. uh, and made a little road trip out of it, which was kind of fun. And so then, uh, this week I had my first plate back and I realized how quickly those muscles get out of shape. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I worked a Tuesday night plate. I was a crew chief for this crew. Worked the Tuesday night plate. Wednesday morning, I get up sore in places I didn't know I could be sore. Yeah. You know, just from getting down into that stance, yeah, up and down sure. all those times. Yeah. And uh, we we experience that with every season we go into. When I'm getting ready for baseball, those typically are the muscles that you know feel weird. It's that plate stance muscles. Um, when I go and I switch over to basketball, sometimes it's those, those balance muscles, Yeah, you know, as you're, you're shifting back and forth and, and doing all that, you know, heading up and down a court, having to make that quick change, you know, on a, a steal and breakaway mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And, and I know you've been spending a lot of time, uh, this off season, this training season, yeah. um, just working on your physical fitness and some of that you've been doing with a, a special new workout partner. Yeah. So I thought I'd have you fill us in a little bit on that. If you would, some people that follow you on social media, may have already seen some of that, mm-hmm. but a lot of our listeners may not have. Uh, and then uh, I've got some questions about that and things that I think we can definitely apply to what we do as officials. Sure. Well, it's hashtag the Jack movement. You know, that's uh, in. It's interesting that one of uh, his teachers hashtag that, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I think sent me a text or something, you know, and called it the Jack movement. I'm like, well, let's turn it into a hashtag. Which is convenient because it's his name is Jack. Yeah, it's the and then Jack movement, but he's also creating movement, you know, every day. So I yeah. thought it was really cool. Um, so yeah, everyone, you know, everyone's doing well. Everyone, you know, seven or eight people are hashtag the Jack movement, you know. But uh, so yeah, we've 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 transitioned into. I'm not sure exactly how far along we came from the last time we recorded, but basically school started. So now we're. Um, this was our first week where we started working out at 6 a.m. Okay. So we just do one workout, 6 a.m., and that's it, Monday through Friday. Uh, actually, no, we were 6 a.m. last week also, but we were still doing some afternoon sessions too. But he's full-time soccer practice now, mm-hmm. so we just do a 6 a.m. workout. And uh, we do our, – our goal is – I hate to say it, but our, you know we're striving towards – um, our plan is, um, our anything but a goal is, <laughs> uh, this week we did Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 a.m. at Planet Fitness. Okay. Shout out to Planet Fitness. If you want to give me a, a free membership, that'd be great. Um, and then Tuesday and Thursday, we do outside workouts at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we did that, and uh, he's been really transitioning nicely for a guy – a kid, I hate to call him a guy, he's only 14, for a kid who had a hard time just, you know, being able to get up and do any kind of movement for an 8 a.m. workout or an 8.30, yeah. more like quarter to nine. And now he's 6 a.m. sitting on the front porch ready to go, let's do this. So um, we even did some, I don't know if we talked about it, we did some some stuff during the heat. There were some real mm-hmm. hot times and yeah. we were outside. And now we did one little exercise or little workout that, start to finish was just over 11 minutes and it was we were in heat advisories we were Mm -hmm. you know everyone was telling you don't go outside just don't do it it's dangerous right and we went out there and did our you know 11 or 12 minutes i did it with him we did it together um 
and had a few, I don't want to call them haters, but they were some doubters that mm-hmm. we shouldn't be doing these kind of things uh, in the heat. And I and I questioned, I kicked back a little bit and said, you know. You? Really? I know. I'm so shocked. <laughs> For, I'm like, really? 11 minutes? Is that mm-hmm. bad? It's only 11 minutes. So then I, you know, if you follow my social media, you know what I did next. I said, okay, fine, because there's still no heat advisory the next day. We worked outside in the sprinkler. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, if they're not happy with uh, our our 11 minute outside workout, then we'll work out 30 minutes in a sprinkler in, in the same heat and see how it goes. Yeah, and um, and I get it. We all we want to be careful. We want to do those things. We we but I also believe we're capable of so much more. Yeah, and we're afraid to actually stretch ourselves in a way that. Um, the outside noise is telling us that we can't, mm-hmm. you know, those people are feet. You now you can't do that. Why do you say I can't do it? Because the news told me I couldn't do it. Why does the news tell me I can do it? Because they want you inside watching TV. That's what they want. You know, they're, they're then in, I'm, I'm getting on a little tantrum. I'm sorry about that. But people want, you know, people, businesses, they want you to do what they want you to do for them to make more money. And so that if that means you need to stay inside, well, you can guarantee the McDonald's, the Hardee's, the Arby's are all going to be happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. Good. They'll be inside in our air conditioned. Coming inside, you'll be fine. They don't want you outside in the heat for 11 minutes or a half hour. So, Well, and the thing that I'll, I'll say to that as a little bit of a devil's advocate, but I think it still plays to what you're talking about, you know. The vast majority of people today don't work outside. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people today That's don't true. spend time outside. That's true. Um, I remember when my... My son was in high school playing football. I was talking with his head athletic trainer one day. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, I made a joke that, you know, back when, you know, back in the good old days, yeah, right, right? You right, know, right. back when I played football, we had three-day football practices. Yeah, same. Leading up, you know, you'd have your morning practice. Yep. You'd have afternoon practice that then you'd end with lifting weights. Mm-hmm. And then you'd come back in that evening when it was cooler and yeah. you'd do walkthroughs, you'd do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And now they get do like one outdoor practice. And they're indoor lifting and watching video and yeah. doing other stuff like that. And, you know, I was I was kind of half joking about it, half not. And he said, well, he said, the truth is, is that the kids are different today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And at first, I didn't totally understand that. But, like, when I was a freshman and sophomore, I rode my bike to football practice. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. that was four miles or more. Okay. To get to practice. Mm-hmm. So like on those days when I'm doing three practices a day, I'm riding my bike Yeah. to go do those practices, right? Um, from the time that I could get out of the house in the morning during the summer, I was out of the house. Yeah. And I didn't go back in until someone, I was told I had to go back in. Someone made you, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't hang. First of all, we weren't running the AC all summer, nope. so it was going to be hotter inside than it was outside where the breeze was. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't yeah. want to be just you know stuck in my room or whatever. So, like, even if I was reading a book or something like that, I'd be doing it outside. Mm-hmm. Well, now one of the reasons those heat advisories are such big deals is because people aren't used to being outside. Yeah, and I have, uh, especially the last community I lived in before I moved here, um, an incredible group of of farmers that live in that community. And I got to know some of them really, really well. And uh, there were a couple of them that whenever they weren't farming, they did a roofing business on the side. <laughs> right. You know, cause yeah. it, there are, there are downtimes in farming. Like sure. there's times where you just don't get to stop. Yeah. You know, you might get two hours sleep a day cause you got to get the harvest in or you got to get the seed in the ground before the rain comes and mm-hmm. all that stuff. 
But then there are other times where it's you got all your daily chores and all your stuff, but then there's you, you got a little time. And so these guys, they go out and do it. And on days when other people are sweating just going down the street, mm-hmm. they're up on top of a roof, you know, doing roofing and hardly breaking a sweat. Yeah. Because they're just so used to it. Mm-hmm. So if it had been the very first week that you and Jack were working out and you were out there during that heat advisory, yeah. then I could have understood people being really upset about that yeah. or saying, "Yo, Jeff, you're you're not taking care of him. You're not protecting him. You're not." But that wasn't your first week. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been building up to that. Yeah. Um, which also then brings me to a, a really interesting question. You know, earlier this year when I decided to do my 5K, um, you were talking to me a little bit about um, you know, like what I was doing in preparation for it, that kind of thing, and you're like, "Well, you know, I, I don't need to train for a 5K." Like, if I'm going to go do a 5K, I'm just going to go do a 5K. I'm just going to decide I can do it, and I'm going to go do it. I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't train. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I can just do it. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of people that couldn't, mm-hmm. you know. Well, they think they can't. They have it in their head that they can't. So they can't. I, I don't live by those rules. Sure. I'm like. All right, let's try it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'll give it a I totally get you. Well, one of the things that you've done. So, Jack, just to, to again, make sure everybody understands where this is at. Jack, a uh, 14-year-old kid. Uh, Jeff knows him from the school where Jeff used to be the athletic director. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Jack's a great kid. Yep. Uh, I've known Jack for a, a couple of years. Uh, not super well, but I have interactions with him at the school, that kind of thing. Know his, his folks, great family, all mm-hmm. that kind of good stuff. Um, and... Uh, I want to ask a couple questions leading to this. First of all, how did this start? How did you start working out with Jack? What was what was the drive behind that? Well, I'm not. I think probably the biggest drive was, you know, I watched Jack kind of grow, mm-hmm. growth as the years in, in me being in school with him, and I just watch him, and and I knew that he loved sports so much. I just knew that, you know, he loved to play. His biggest one was baseball, but he yep. would play a little bit of basketball. And, you know, now that they have soccer, he plays soccer. But he just loved to be active, and he loved to do those things, but he just always struggled. And as I watched him grow, literally, <laughs> from, you know, a third grader to a sixth grader to, an you know, an eighth grader, and then now going to be a freshman, he just seemed like he kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I was concerned for Jack. I was just like, I wanted the best. I want the best for every kid, but I just mm-hmm. wanted the best for you know. Jack was standing out to me. Sure, he was very visible to me. And again, you've already said it. You know, the parents are great. The family's great. You know, they're they're always helping the community. I thought I would just um, very g- gently ask the parents if it would be okay if I asked Jack to come work out with me in the summertime. Um, now it's twofold, right? I can tell myself I'm going to the gym every day. But if I tell Jack I'm going to the gym every day, guess what? I got to go to the gym every day. That's right. Because now someone is dependent, and I've and I've heard this said before. You know, it's it's so interesting when our boss says you got to be at work at eight o'clock every day for the next twenty years. You're at work every day at eight o'clock for the next twenty years. Mm-hmm. But if I tell myself, hey, I want to get up at five a.m., I'm like, eh, I get the snooze button. Yeah, I can. It's it's that simple. Yeah. But I can't do that when my boss says I got to do it. So it's just weird. So. It helped, it helped me be a little bit more accountable to myself with Jack. And uh, Jack, you know, was a, 
I don't want to say an easy target, but a, a person that was, I knew that I could work with, mm-hmm. you know, I knew that if it did, even if it didn't work out and, you know, it just wasn't going to be Jack's thing, he was going to, he's still going to be a good kid. And um, worst case, he learns a couple things over the, over the summer. Yeah. Um, and so, so this was somebody that you already had a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And you made the decision to reach out to him. Yeah. yeah his parents, okay? right. He didn't reach out to you. No. You reached out to him. Now, this is something that I really want our listeners to hear um, because I hear lots of officials out there who um, they'll be at a they'll be at a camp or something or whatever. And somebody say, well, hey, who are you mentoring? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not mentoring anybody. Well, why not? Well, there, there's nobody around me that needs mentoring. There's nobody around me that's asked to be mentored. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say there are people all around you that need to be mentored. Yeah. And maybe not in every way. You know, I, I was recently challenged by another official, um, actually while at a camp and they're like, Chad, like, you know, the rules backwards, forward, sideways, like you, like, you know, what's going on there. How are you helping other people do that? And I'm like, well, you know, I talk to people here and they're like, well, what about so-and-so and so-and-so that like, that's a real, that's a real struggle for them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't help them. They're a division one official, right? Like they've, they've advanced beyond me. Mm-hmm. Right. And they said, well, are the rules different at the division one level? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, like, I'd never even considered or thought about that, mm-hmm. you know, that there are different aspects of what we do that even though somebody else may have elevated in a different way, we actually may be better. You know, you may be better at physical fitness than somebody that's beyond you, Mm -hmm. you know, but if there's an open door for you to be able to help and assist, then you can help them elevate further. If it's a rules thing, if it's a game management thing, if it's just life stuff, you know, whatever that is. And I just found it really interesting because I, I thought I had heard that part of the story correctly, but I wasn't, a hundred percent positive on it. I think most of the time we wait for somebody to reach out to us. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of people out there that are scared to death to do that because they're afraid either they're going to be a burden or they're going to get rejected mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Whereas if we reach out, Hey, guess what? If they say no, all right, I'm right back where I started. Well, and that rejection goes the other way too. Right. Yeah. So if, if someone's afraid to ask for help, for fear that Jeff would say no. Mm-hmm. Well, when Jeff has to ask someone else, "Hey, do you want you want some help with this?" They can very easily reject me too. Sure, that rejection goes both ways. Yeah. Um, I think. I think sometimes we believe we need to sit in our corner and wait for someone to come at us and say, "Okay, you know, now I'll help you since you came." But that, that in a perfect world would be great. Yep. But that, that train's going to move real slow. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to have. Just by me asking Jack or his family if he wanted to do this and they, you know, 100% got on board. I have people, I just talked to another official yesterday and go, hey, man, this is, you know, this is great. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't live next to y'all, but you got me wanting to go out and do stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone posted on social media. Jack's my new favorite person, yeah. you know, because he, and I try to tell Jack, I said, you know, just because you said yes 
to this one opportunity. You didn't know what it was. We didn't. We didn't have this. We didn't have this great big thing mapped out. So those people then my goals when our goals were not. We're mm-hmm. just going to go. We're just going to start. And yep. we, we started it. And I said, I said, Jack, you know, you're you're affecting hundreds of people, hundreds of people all the time, and they're rooting for you. Yeah, they truly are. So and when he knows that. Then on those mornings when it's tough to get up for that 6 a.m. workout, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it got easier because mm-hmm. there are other people out there that are watching and yeah. you know waiting to see what's going to happen and he, all that. And he I doesn't want to let anybody down, right? And I think you know I, I don't know if anybody out there has ever had the pleasure, uh, and I use that term loosely, mm. uh, but the pleasure of chaperoning a junior high dance before. Uh. Uh, I've had to do that a few different times for different reasons, and uh, it's very interesting because. Most most of the kids that go to a junior high dance want to dance. Okay. They would love to be able to go out and dance. Yeah. But they're more afraid of the rejection mm-hmm. than they are excited about the opportunity. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> that's so true. And then there's typically, and I'm, I'm going to use this term, and I, I don't mean it degradingly at all, but there's typically some kind of, dorky quirky something whatever kid that goes out there and asks a girl to dance mm-hmm. right and when he goes out there and does that all of a sudden you see all these little groups of kids you know oh what, what's gonna happen you know <laughs> gonna say no gonna say yes whatever right yeah and all it takes is one girl to say yes mm-hmm. and now Every other kid is jealous that mm. that kid had the guts to do it. Yeah. Now, sometimes the way they react to that jealousy is they point fingers and laugh. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, look how Dor- he's not a very good dancer. He's mm-hmm. not. Well, guess what? He's the only one dancing. That's right. right. Now. Yep. You can say he's a dorky dancer if you want, but he's a dancer and you're not. He's in the arena. That's right. <laughs> yep. You know, and again, I think some of us, we just, we get caught up in that. Well, I could get rejected or maybe it won't work the way I think or whatever. Well, Man, okay. even if you're not a very good dancer, get out there and dance. So I brought up the thing with the 5K because I know you guys have set a goal, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. of going and doing something, okay? Mm-hmm. So tell us what that goal is. So, yeah, uh, August 26th in uh, about 14 days, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's 14 days. Uh, we will be participating in our first ever Tough Mudder okay. uh, obstacle course, which is a 5K obstacle course. So it's not run 5Ks and plus obstacles. It's obstacles spread out throughout the 5K. Yeah. So in between obstacles, you will have to run to the next obstacle, and you do the obstacle, and then you continue on. So I'm not for sure exactly what I'm getting into. The only okay. thing I know what I'm getting into is via YouTube. Okay. You know, and I, um, I, Jack doesn't know this, and I know he doesn't listen, but. I've had this, I've wanted to do a Tough Mudder for at least five to ten years. Okay. I've wanted to do one. And I've often, like, never had the courage to, like, okay, I'm just going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it. And I've always felt like I could do it. It looks like fun. I want to try it. But Jack, you know, working with him over the past few months, over the summer, and like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. And it, obviously it's so much more fun when you know you have someone else that wants to do it. Sure. You know, it's just more fun that way. Um, and Jack is, uh, you know, one of those kids when you're 14, right? You're like, all right, sounds good. You know, I don't care. Yep. Whatever. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Right. Um, 
when his mom and dad gave the approval, uh, you know, I, I looked into it. I'm like, oh, there's one in Rockford. You know, this is this is only a couple hours away. I can do it. And uh, and I already told myself whether Jack can go or not, I'm going to go. I'm going to sign up. Okay. I said that. Sure. Didn't have to worry about it. So the the truth still, <laughs> you know, is out. It may not be true because if he would have turned it down, I don't know if I would have signed up or not. But I said I was going to. So, um. Asked mom and dad. They said, yeah, we're good. I told Jack uh, in a morning workout on a Monday, I said, guess what? We're going to do a Tough mutter." He's like, all right, sounds good, you know. And I mm-hmm. told him, and he's like, bet, you know, and he's ready. And, <laughs> you know, all these things, right? Now, um, he – so that has kind of turned – I don't want to say it turned our workouts, but it kind of, you know, put a little bit more validity about what we're doing yeah. besides – I'm just trying to lose five pounds or I want to just be in better shape when I get the first day of school or whatever. Right. Yep. It's now we have, we have this for lack of better terms, this light at the end of the rainbow end of the tunnel. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think some people call that a goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> so yeah, we have it set, you know, yeah. it's, it's there, it's happening. It's the bills paid, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's going to happen. And I, I probably bought things I don't need. Like, mm-hmm. I think I bought a parking space. I think I bought a locker space for my duffel bag. I don't know if I need, they were like, you know, whatever, 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there. I'm like, I don't know if I need it or not. I just buying it. I want to make right. sure I have it all. So yeah. Um, actually spoke to Jack a little bit about this morning. Cause we, we were working out 6am and I said, uh, you know, cause he was like a little concerned about his, his ability to run a 5k. Yeah. And I told him we had the obstacles, and I said, one of the obstacles I have is, I don't know if you're familiar with Tough Mudder at all. Are you familiar with it? I, I know a little bit. Okay. Well, Enough to one be dangerous. Of, yeah. One of the the uh, same mm-hmm. uh, obstacles, which is a staple in every Tough Mudder, because I want to. they have 5Ks, and they also have 10Ks. Yeah. So in, in every Tough Mudder, one of the staples is the, I don't know what they call it, but there's electrical wires that come down. And you have to run through these wires. So basically, when you hit them, you can get shocked. Yeah. While you're running through water. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it sounds like crazy. Matter of fact, it's so crazy that I won't be able to explain this very well. But I told uh, Gina about this, and she, I was showing her this little two-minute video, and she saw that obstacle. She goes, "What is that?" And I said, "Those are wires that come down that are electrified, and they shock you." She looked at me with eyes the size of bowling balls, like. <laughs> Have you updated the will? <laughs> yeah, you are absolutely crazy. It's yep. official. We, you know, we can put that right in front of your title now, Mister Crazy Jeff Cross. So, she just thought it was nuts. And then I told Jack about that, and he was like, "You could see it." The it was processing like, yeah. ooh, you know, what have I, what have I signed up for here? So, um, so yeah, it's you know. See, the wall always scares me more than the wires. Yeah, I'm sure you the wall is good. Getting up over the, the yeah. wall. It's, it's one thing to do it if your shoes are dry and mm-hmm. your hands are dry yeah. and, you know, yeah. try to do it while you're muddy and mm-hmm. slippery and all that. It's crazy stuff. I think that, you know, the wall is definitely intense, which yeah. is, I don't even know the, the thing. It, it, it looks incredibly high. Yeah. Now, they, I know they have different levels because I've seen guys just go up the really, you know, three different levels. and. Um, I'm sure that'll be a, a challenge for um, my guess is all of the obstacles will be a challenge for, for sure. me and Jack, Jack and I. So, but we're hoping that we can get some teamwork between the two of us and grab a few friends and 
but then we meet on the course and mm-hmm. give us a boost and we'll yeah. and we'll finish it. So that's what we're hoping for. And I, I think this is really great, Jeff. And and here's why. I I keep coming back to the world of officiating, but really this is about life in general. Mm-hmm. This idea of mentorship, we've talked about it on the podcast before. You know, how do we help others? How do we do it? There there are a couple of things that I think you've done really, really well. And I don't know that you intentionally set out to do it, um, but I, I think they are worth us mentioning specifically. Number one, you didn't wait for somebody to come to you. You went to them, Mm -hmm. which I think is huge. The second thing that you did was you didn't tell them what to do. You did it with them. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see so often. We see mentors try to tell people what to do rather than show them what to do. Mm -hmm. And if you show them what to do, it doesn't mean you have to do it with them every time. You know, Mm -hmm. if, if Jack wasn't 14, you know, if he was 24, you might meet once or twice a week for workouts Mm -hmm. and then you're both getting in your workouts other days during the week. Yeah. You know, but because of where he's at in life and everything there, you know, you're you're the one with the driver's license to get him where he needs to go. Think about that for a second. You know, you know, Jack, he, I pick him up. You know what I mean? He just, he didn't have a way. So he, his, his, uh, besides him doing the actual workouts and watching his diet throughout the summer, he was whatever Jeff Cross says, you know, yeah, whatever we, doing. whatever you say, we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, I would take him to the gym and say, today we're going to do this. And he'd be like, okay. You know what I mean? He never, he never once asked, what's the plan for next week? What's the plan for tomorrow? What are we going to do this week? Or, you know, why are we working out? Say none of that stuff. He just kind of did it. And back to your mentor mentorship scenario, how many times? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. As a mentee, do we ask, well, why do I have to stand at the wide angle position? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to use my left hand instead of my right hand when I'm signaling a three point shot? We, and then what happens to the mentor? They're like, they're always, you know, everything I say, they doubt it. Even though you're not meaning to doubt it, you're just trying to figure out the process. Where Jack didn't do that. And I'm wondering if if more mentees just like, okay, listen, and and I think there's truth, right? If if I want to get in a business of growing worms and and what is the stuff that the worm casting. Casting, worm castings, right? If I want to get in a business that and I said, Chad, I need you to help me do that. And you tell me to go out and sift worms for three hours. I should just go sift worm for three hours. I shouldn't say, well, why are we doing this? Now, I can look at that and go, I can do it in two. If I do this, this, and this, I can try and improve that, which would Jack would do, right? If he's bench pressing, you know, 150 pounds, he goes, if he looks at me and goes, hey, I can I can do 175. Okay, that's things we need to know. Yeah. But we're too busy doubting and questioning what, I hate to say that, but basically people of authority already know. They've already lived through that. 
So we need to follow that. Well, and I'll, I'll push back just a little bit because I will say, I think our younger generations today, and by younger, I'm just going to say, okay, 30 and below. So I just made some people really happy mm. by saying they were young at 30 and other people upset because they're 31 and I'm I didn't above. include them in the young part, right? I'm definitely above. But, <laughs> you know, there is part of the, the younger generation that the whys are incredibly important to them far more than some of us of older generations. Some of us of older generations, we were taught from a very young age, you keep your mouth shut and do what you're told to do. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's just, that's what you're taught. And and we now have younger generations that are taught to explore. They are taught to question. They are taught to do these things. And so like as a mentor, I don't get frustrated when a mentee asks questions. Sometimes I get frustrated with how they ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I know your thought there was, well, hey, it's mentees. Sometimes we just need to we just need to do what they tell us. Right. You know, it's going to make difference. Kind of like Mr. Miyagi and Danielson. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, he didn't say why you were going to wipe on, wipe off. But then later on, it made sense. Mm-hmm. Well, there are sometimes when as a mentor, you, you know, when they ask the why, hey, you know what? I know it doesn't make sense right now, but if you'll just trust me this is going to make sense a few steps down the road. Mm -hmm. There are other times when, when you give the why all of a sudden it clicks. Well, why do I have to signal with my right hand for a three pointer? Mm -hmm. Well, because it's your up court hand and now you can see everything in front of you. It's if you use your left hand, you're blocking everything, you know, down the court and, Mm -hmm. and you can't see it. Oh, Oh, well, that makes sense. Well, now it's easier for me to remember to do that because mm-hmm. of the why that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do think that's that's really important. So, you know, you you took the initiative. You're not just telling, you're showing. But then the next thing that I think is really key is that at the same time that you're stretching your mentee, you are stretching yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, that's something that I think a lot of mentors don't choose to do. One of the things that you'll hear from a lot of mentors, and one of the reasons that they get excited about mentoring if they've done it for any length of time at all, is they'll use terms like, you know what, I feed off of their enthusiasm, right? You know, Mm -hmm. when you see somebody else get excited about this thing, well, then it makes it easier for you to stay excited about it. Um, I just dropped my my kids off for college this last week, and they have been in really intense rehearsals now for a week, like so intense. I mean, uh, there have been multiple days where they have been singing in rehearsal for about twelve hours a day. Mm. I mean, that's that's nuts. I mean, just vocally, it's it's tough. And and part of the reason they're doing it, that is because they're building those muscles. You know, the, their leaders know they're going to be on long tours where they got to be able to figure out how to sing even when they're weary and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so kind of like three days in football. Yeah. You do those three days in football so that when you get to the fourth quarter, you still got enough energy left to get down the field one more time. Sure. Well, they're doing the same thing from a, a singing standpoint. And it's super fun when they'll call at the end of the night and they'll talk about stuff that we've talked about you know, in preparation for them to go down there and like, mm. Oh, it makes sense. And this is so cool. And this is working out like that. Well, I get just as excited, if not more excited than they do. Cause it's like, Oh, they're getting it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so neat, you know? And so I feed off of that enthusiasm. But I think a lot of times as mentors, we then should be taking it a step further, just like you're doing, which is okay. Well now how do we stretch ourselves? How do we, 
how do we show them that it's okay even 20 years into officiating to be stretched? Mm -hmm. How do I show the person that I supervise at work, even though I've been there for 15 years, that there's still another step for me to take. There's still new things for me to learn. There's mm -hmm. still, you know, all, all that kind of good stuff. And I, I think that's so key. And I, you know, at this Tough mutter, there can be obstacles that he's able to do better than you. Sure. Oh, yeah. Could you be know? possible with a lot of them. You know, just because he is 14. That's exactly right. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, and so how cool will it be for, you know, okay, the first three obstacles, you're the one helping him get through them. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you get to one where he's helping you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you I'm know, looking forward to it. You, yeah. you talk about feeling like a million bucks, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think it's something that sometimes we miss out on when it comes to these mentoring type relationships. A mentoring relationship is not just a teaching relationship. Mm. It's a personal relationship. What you're doing when you are mentoring, you're not teaching someone, you're investing in someone. And when you invest in them, you develop a personal relationship that goes both ways. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I talked about it uh, on the podcast our very first year. Um, you know, when you were helping me, you know, get going mm -hmm. in college women's basketball, you were giving me 95% of what was going on, mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, but there were things that I was giving to you. Mm -hmm. And if as a mentee, if I wasn't doing that, then I wouldn't be fulfilling the relational side of what's going on. Yeah. And I think we need to be looking for that. So well, you're going to be doing this. Oh, sorry, I want to I want to touch on a few things because you're talking about your kids. You know, basically having to sing for you said 24 hours, 12 hours a day, 12 yeah. hours a day, right? 12, and that's something they've never done before. And and uh, we're talking about Jack. You know, doing these workouts and and finding you know you know questioning whether or not he can do those things. Sure. So, all those things, and even when you talk about a mentorship and in, 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 in talking to them throughout, if you sign off mm -hmm. to, hey, you know, whatever, Jim, John Doe is going to be my, my mentee this year. The, the, the standard across the board that is necessary is we have to understand that we're going to finish. If it gets hard with a mentorship between John Doe and Jeff Smith and one of them quits, doesn't finish the year, it will it doesn't work. The the biggest thing you have to understand is you got to finish. You have to finish. You have to find a way to finish. And so if you thought it was going to take 6 months to mentor a new official and it takes you 12 you finish. You don't say, hey, you know, they ain't getting in six months and I'm out of here. If I if I told Jack, you know, this first couple, you're like, listen, the guy can barely lift the bar. Forget it. Let's just shut it down. No, I'm going to finish until we're done. Until we're done doing this. So that's in your kid singing. 12 hours. If you woke up in the morning and said, hey, we got to sing for 12 hours. The first thing in their head is like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be impossible. I can't do this. Well, they finished it. Mm -hmm. And when you finish it, and like I say all the time with Jack or anyone, it seems impossible until it's done. Yep. And we, we, we set these 
goals, as I use air quotes, and we go, I think I can't, I don't think I can do it. Yeah. And so many, and, and on August 26th, we're going to look at obstacles and go, I don't think we can do it. But we're going to do it. And I told Jack, I said, our biggest goal, I, I am using it all the time. Golly. <laughs> I've I never been so proud. Yeah. <laughs> our our only thing, result we want to get is we got to finish. Yeah. If it takes somebody 90 minutes to finish and it takes us four hours, so be it. That's right. We're going to finish. That's what we're going to do. So that's what I think is important for us to have success in whatever it is, singing, uh, Tough mutters, or mentoring someone. You have to finish. If you give up, either way, you'll never know whether or not you could accomplish it. And, you know, I'll... I'll also talk about it this way. You know, you said, you know, I want to mentor this person for six months or this season mm-hmm. or whatever, right? I've gotten to the point now where I don't think about mentor-mentee relationships. I just think of relationships. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's smart. And within the within a relationship, there are things that hopefully I'm bringing to that relationship. There are things that that other person is bringing to the relationship, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm learning from and all. And if I approach it that way, then it's not about when it ends. It's not about how long it takes somebody to get it or mm-hmm. how quickly it takes them to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I have anybody that I would say is a, a mentee. I right. have people that I have mentored. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have anybody, speak, but I got a lot of really great friends. Mm-hmm that I pour into, they pour into me. Um, and I even, I have people that, you know, were in my life for a season. I don't just mean a basketball season or a mm-hmm. baseball season, you know, but they were in my life for a season and okay, they moved away someplace else. Yeah. Well then the dynamics of that relationship are different, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not seeing them as often or we're not working games together or whatever that might be, but the relationship is still there. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. Um, I went to my division one basketball camp, uh, this summer. And when I got there, I saw a friend of mine that used to be here in the Midwest now lives out West. Mm. Hadn't seen him in, you know, a couple seasons maybe. And immediately big old hug around the neck. Sure. How you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, they come off to the side of the court to talk with the thing and they're immediately like, can you grab my water bottle? Mm-hmm. You know, it's and it's like you pick up right where yeah. things left off because mm-hmm. it wasn't about a time frame or or a specific goal. Mm-hmm. It was about the relationship. Yep. You know, and, and that's one of the beautiful things that I love about officiating uh, for those of us that are in this crazy world mm. because uh, you'll work with somebody this week that, you might never work with again, or you might work with somebody this week that you'll work with 20 times a season, mm-hmm. you know, and that person that you're not going to work with again, you thought you weren't going to. And two years later, they relocate to your area mm-hmm. and now you're working games together mm-hmm. and you've, you've built this relationship and you've done those things. I, I think it's really cool. I also would add that I believe the relationship, the reason, one of the reasons that the relationship gets so go get so strong and we can pick up where you left off is because you've been through hard things together. Sure. You've been through that two point ball game in triple overtime. You've been through it. So, and you finished it and you did it. So now you just have a, you have a different relationship with that person. When Jack, 
let's just let's just say three years from now, Jack's mm-hmm. fourteen now, right? Yeah. Okay. Three years from now, Jack goes through something really difficult mm-hmm. in his life. Mm-hmm. Not not about his physical fitness or anything like that, just in life. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, mom and dad are out of town, right? He's mm-hmm. he's staying home because he's working over the summer or whatever, sure. right? And he's desperately looking for somebody to reach out to in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. Well, who's he going to reach out to? He's going to reach out to somebody that he's been through hard things with. Yep. Well, you're getting ready to go do a tough mutter. Yeah. You know, what an incredible personification mm-hmm. of getting past tough things. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, it really is. Yep. And I think it's a it's a great example of how that stuff works in our life. Yep. Um, I, I've been really challenged over this summer to be thinking about doing more. Um, I, my kids have a mantra and my kids occasionally listen to this. And so uh, if they hear it and they're embarrassed by it, I apologize, but that's just life, right? I'm looking forward to hearing it. <clears throat> so uh, a few years ago, uh, our mantra was choose joy. Okay. Okay. Even when life's tough, choose joy because joy is a choice, mm-hmm. right? I would agree. And uh, there's lots, I, I can have two people with the exact same day and one person's mad and ticked off about it and the other person's happy. Mm-hmm. And their day was exactly the same. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because it's choice. It's how we choose to to view it. And uh, I told you the other day, I'd had a, a rough night Tuesday night on the baseball diamond. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, same teams, same series. The catcher from that night is standing on second base. How you doing today, Chad? Man, it's a great day, isn't it? He goes, Chad, I love how positive you are all the time. I said, hey, man. I said, it's life. What's not to be positive about? That's right, yeah. You know? He goes, yeah, and, and life's good. <laughs> you know? And it's like immediately there was just this, this change. I believe absolutely it's a choice how mm-hmm. I respond to that stuff. And my kids have both been working on some things in their lives and all. And so um, we have a, a mantra for this school year for them. And uh, Megan and I are using it at home, too. And we are abbreviating it DMDN. D- so David, okay. Mom, David, Nancy. Correct. All right? Okay. And do more. Uh-huh. Do it now. Mm-hmm. So when somebody asks you to do something, mm-hmm. do more than what they ask you to do. Yeah. Your voice professor asks you to go practice for 30 minutes a day, mm-hmm. practice 35. Yeah. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Your assigner says, hey, spend an hour each week in your rule book leading up to the season. Spend an hour and a half. All right. You know, so do more. Mm-hmm. But then the second part of it is do it now. Do it when you first think about it. Do mm-hmm. it when the opportunity is first given to you. Don't look for reasons to put it off. Because a lot of us are really, really good at procrastinating. And I'm at the front of that group. Mm-hmm. And procrastination is so easy. And the problem with procrastination is, is that procrastination never stops. If I can put it off day one, well, now it's easier to put it off to day two. Well, now I've already put it off two days. I can put it off a third. I yeah. can put it off a fourth. I can put it off a fifth. And now all of a sudden, you know, so you have all these people, that, you know what, I'm going to get in really good shape before next season. And then two weeks before the season starts, you hear them say, well, I just started getting on the treadmill. Yeah. Well, why? Because they procrastinated all off season, right? So for me, it's do more, do it now. If as a if as a crew chief on a basketball game, my responsibility is to reach out to my crew 
you know, once by email and checking with the school to make start times are right. You know, all those things that we do with the D2, D2, D3 level or whatever. Um, if, if that's what I'm asked to do, I want to do more than that. Mm. I'm going to do that. And then travel day, I'm going to check in with everybody. Hey, guys, just thinking about you as you hit the road. Today, On my whatever way, right. it might be. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I'm going to do it when I first think about it. Not, oh, I should do that later this afternoon. Well, no, I can do it in the morning just as easy as I can in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, you know, building relationships, you're at a you're at a preseason clinic, and you're looking around the room. You go, oh, so and so, they're going to be a great official this year. I can just tell. Well, do more. Do more than just think that about them. Tell them. Mm-hmm. Or hey, are there things I can help with this year? Or man, I'd just love to check in with you once a week and see how your season's going, just so I can be encouraged by it. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you are in that relationship with them where. You may be mentoring them in some stuff. They may be mentoring you in some stuff, but mm-hmm. it's going to be so much more beneficial as you go through. And and a lot of times we have great intentions. I uh, had a conversation about somebody the other day where one person was convinced that this person had lied to them. Okay. They were convinced this person had lied. And I said, I don't think they lied. I think they absolutely meant what they said when they said it. Mm. They just didn't follow through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they lied. They had yeah. every intention. When they said they were going to swing by the store and pick that up for you, yeah. they had 100% intent of doing it. Yeah. The problem was they didn't do it now. Yeah. You know? And whether that doing it now means actually physically doing it now or right now setting an alarm in my phone to go off to remind me to do it on the way home yeah. or whatever that mm-hmm. might be. But I thought, man, what a, what a great thing for my season. Do more, do it now. What a great thing for my kids at school. Do more, do it now. What a great thing at home. Do more, do it now. I want to. I got a couple things I want to talk about, but let's go back to your story where this, they, they thought they lied. And you're like, what did you say? You thought that they just believed. You, I believe they absolutely meant it in the moment. And the they moment. They just didn't follow through. Yeah, they just didn't follow through. So, and it's, it's, it's different than someone when they say, well, they promised to pick up milk from the grocery store, and they didn't, so they lied. I'm sure they didn't mean to. That's right. Right? It's different. Yeah. You know, because if— It was not you know, intent. It was not, I'm yeah. going to tell you mm-hmm. I am, and I have no intent right. of doing it whatsoever. Exactly. So, But I love the way this phrase comes out now. It's just in the moment when they told you that, I'm sure they had every intention of doing that. Yep. You know, and I think that happens to a lot of us, right? Our, we get pulled off in so many different directions. All sure. of us do. And— our intention at the moment when I say I'll meet you at 6 a.m., when I told you that at 8 p.m., that was my intention. I just didn't realize that someone's going to call me at 5.30 to pull me away or whatever. Yep. So I think that's good. I think they had – that was – they just couldn't follow through. They didn't or couldn't follow through. So that's yep. good. Um, and you talked about this, – this is just an observation of mine mm-hmm. that, I've, that I've come to this year. You know, someone says, oh, you know, two weeks before the season, I'm going to get on a trod- treadmill, right? I'm going to start working. I don't think you don't have to do that. I don't think we even need to hear them say those things. When it's, what it, you know, it's in the middle of August or first beginning of August when we're recording this. And if you ask any referee, you know, about the season, they're going to say one or two things. They're going to say, oh. I only got, you know, eight more weeks. 
which means they're not ready. Yeah. Or they're going to say, I still got eight more weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. I I can't believe it's, you know, that far away yet. That's how ready I am. So those are two different mindsets. And, you know, that would be the question you should, you should be asking yourself. What's my mindset right now when I, when you hear the basketball season is eight weeks away? Mm-hmm. Are you like, oh, I still got eight weeks. I, I I can improve so much more than I already have the rest of the past summer. Or you're like, oh, you're head, scratching your head going, I got eight more weeks. I got to figure this out. I got to get on the treadmill. I got to go to the gym. I got to I gotta find a mentor. I got to do all these things when you're behind the eight ball. So th- when that answer comes through and you answer yourself those, that question, see how you're reacting. Mm-hmm. If it's one way, you know you're ready. If it's the other, you're like, mm, probably messed up the first half of your summer. Yeah. No, it's good. So, well, for all of you that have been listening today, did, did we you have another question, you, though, or no? Well, I'm going to come back to that in a second because okay. I want to I want to follow up on this. So, for all of you that have been listening today and you want to uh, encourage mm-hmm. Jack and Jeff yeah. as they uh, as they go on this tough mutter, I'm going to encourage you to do something. Uh, so I'm going to encourage you to shoot us an email yeah. at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, even if you're not writing to us, I would love for you to write a note of encouragement to Jack. Yeah, This right. is a 14-year-old kid mm-hmm. who is doing something that most 14-year-old kids would never even think about doing. Yeah. You know? And it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Uh, he's going to have somebody there with him every step of the way, which is awesome. I want to say the 14 is the youngest you can be to participate in this. Gotcha. So go ahead. So he's automatically going to be one of the youngest ones there. Yep. So let's encourage him. Mm-hmm. So please send us an email to uncommondrivepodcast yep. at gmail.com. Even if it's just two sentences. Yep. Hey, Jack, heard about your story. Going to be cheering you on from, yeah. and then tell us where you're from. Arizona, so New that Mexico, way, right. Mm-hmm. That way, Jack knows there's going to be people all over the place mm-hmm. cheering for him. Yep. And I think uh, I think that'll be awesome. And then Jeff can print those out yep. and give them to him too. the day before the Tough mutter. Mm-hmm. So that way, when Jack's sitting there going, what have I got myself into mm-hmm. and can I really do it? Mm-hmm. Then there's going to be all those people encouraging him and, uh, and doing that. Uh, I, I think I w- that would be an awesome thing to do. I want to say this too. And there's lots of people that listen to this that actually have my personal email, your personal email, phone numbers. If that's the way you want to do it, do it. That's fine. But we really want you to email... You know, Uncommon Drive podcast. But if you're whatever, Alan Jones, mm-hmm. and you know my number and you want to just text it to me, I'm good with that. I can print them all out. Sure. Everyone, he can he can see them all. I don't want someone, I want to make it as easy as possible sure. for everyone. To Whatever way you that. want to reach That's out. Right. But everybody out there can everybody. use Uncommon Drive podcast at gmail.com to send that. And we will pass those on to them. And then the last thing that that I want to bring up and and say with all this is that for us as sports officials, one of the reasons that I think this idea of mentoring is so difficult for a lot of us is because we put it into its own little box. Hmm. You know, we say, well, I'm, I'm not very good at mentoring or I never had a mentor or whatever, right? Well, Mentoring is not a box. It's not a compartment of your life. Mentoring, the best mentoring happens when it is an extension of your life. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you're mentoring a child as a parent. Doesn't matter if you're mentoring somebody at work. Doesn't matter if you're pouring into someone in your local organization that you're a part of or on the basketball court or baseball field or wherever it might be. 
it's all about relationships. And we've said over and over and over again, sports officiating is about being in the relationship and communication business. And so I would just really encourage people as you listen to this today to be thinking about the relationships that you can be pouring into in this kind of way. Mm -hmm. Who's the kind of person that you don't need to wait for them to reach out to you, but you reach out to them. If you're the one and you're like, well, but I'm not on the Jeff end of it. I'm the, I'm on the Jack side of it. Mm -hmm. I desperately need somebody to be helping me. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Well then be the dorky kid at the dance. That's right. Who's willing to go up to somebody Mm -hmm. and say, will you, could you please? Mm -hmm. Because I think you would be surprised uh, when I've seen the dorky kid at the dance, there's a group of about eight girls stand there together and the boy walks across all eight of them hope <laughs> that they're the one that's going to get asked. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a lot more that want to get asked than don't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same way with sports officials. I think it's the same way with people at work. I think it's the same way in your family. People love to be wanted. They mm-hmm. love to be needed. Mm-hmm. And so if you will go to them and say, hey, I've seen this in you. I would really like to learn from you. It doesn't have to be a formal thing. But just how how can we do this, mm-hmm. you know, and start by just beginning to build a relationship, you know, do more, do it now. Yeah. And I think it'll make a massive difference as you approach your season. But even more than that, I just think it'll make a difference in life. Yep, I agree. I agree 100 percent. I think if if uh, we can wake up every day and say, you know, do more, do now. And I, I I'll be honest with you, I'm a big fan of Choose Joy. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of it. Um, the other day. Uh, my wife, you know, she she was struggling to get, you know, get things together, and she she wasn't feeling good. Her back wasn't feeling good, and you know, she got to. I dropped her off at work, and she didn't have a bottle of water that she wanted to bring in, and you know, back was hurting, you know, and then oh, she forgot her, she can't find her wallet, so it, you know, she got she got you know disheartened, I guess sure. we'll call it, you know, kind of gave me a dirty look, and not really a dirty look, but it wasn't like she was not her normal happy self. No, you know what I mean, and. And then she kind of closed the door off. She went. She called and apologized later, you know, which was nice. But you know, it was. I think she understood. She didn't choose joy. Even all these things that are that are what seems to be piling on, you still have to choose joy because you still are able to walk. You're still able to. I got a nice home to go to. You know, I got. You know, I got great kids that have become great adults, and I've got you know parents and all those people that have invested in me. So, um, choose joy, brother. I yeah. like it. I like it a lot. All right, everybody. Have a phenomenal week. We'll see you back again next week on the Uncommon Drive podcast. See See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.